I have to tell you, family started in Genesis. Church started in Acts. But the greatest gift is not your voice, but hearing from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, now the Lord is his spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Are there any members of our armed forces here today or veterans here today? Would you please stand so we can acknowledge you? Yes. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. We are truly, truly a blessed city and a nation. Independence, liberty, family, freedom, abundance, opportunity. And today we celebrate this special weekend. Uh, let us be thankful for freedom. As you celebrate with the family and friends on this 4th of July weekend, I pray that you receive his grace and favor in your life abundantly. And somebody, can they say amen? amen. See, the world is looking for people who fly high, rise above it all, above all of it, above all the noise. Look at Jesus. There is freedom. Every chain is broken. With the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Can I get an amen? The whole world is going to know your love, but the end of the book is good news in every hopeless situation that is dominating in the news now. So you can't be shy about it. We're going to, and we're certainly going after something great. Can somebody shout out Jesus? Jesus! Uh, we appreciate the fact that you're here today, and in fact, uh, I know Ray welcomed you, but are there any guests in the house? Could you please stand? Are there any guests? Uh, hug that person. Go ahead. Hug that person. Give him a hug. Tell him he's at Christian Edmonton. Give him a hug. Show him the love. And I want to thank God for our pastors. Our pastors, Tim and Rodika Lambert, what an amazing couple of God has dropped in this season, this time. They are on a much-deserved vacation, aren't they? And I'm grateful for our children's pastor, Eric Stroud. If you don't know Eric, just watch him ride a bike. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, come Sunday and you'll see it again. Uh, and now, can you give it up for our worship team? Yes. Thank you. And I want to recognize our technical crew up there, David Layler and Jason Laura. Yes. Which now brings me to my assignment. Are you ready to go to the word of the Lord? Yes. Let's go to the scriptures, the book of Ruth. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. How many of you are excited about getting into the word this morning? Yes. We rejoice today for the reign of God's presence in our life and the promise for things to come. Amen. Yes, amen. So we are standing on the foundation of his faithfulness and we are declaring he is with us in every season of our lives. Somebody ought to rejoice at that. So let's go to Ruth chapter 1, 8, verses 8 through 19. Ruth started in Judges. So if you go before Judges, but you go a little beyond 1 Samuel, there is Ruth right in the middle. But before we begin, I'd like to paint a picture for you of what is happening at this point. You see, this book starts with judges. Their judgment, it's about a foreign oppression, apostasy. If you don't know that SAT word, I had to look it up. 
But apostasy is renouncing or disassociating, rebelling against beliefs, those beliefs. In fact, Judges was lawless. It was like the wild, wild west. They didn't have a clear leader. And in the book of Ruth, it starts with a famine in Bethlehem. And Amalek, Naomi's husband, he takes the entire family to Moab. Now Moab, in fact, the entire book of Ruth, if you know the names and know what they mean, you can actually get the understanding of Ruth, the book of Ruth. Moab means incest. It represents sin. In fact, the Moabites were descendant of Lot with uh, his uh, incestual relationship with uh, a young lady in his house. We won't go any further than that. But the Moabites descended from that. And in fact, Moab is very hostile with Israel. In fact, if you see in Deuteronomy 23, you'll see that when the Moabites were asked by the Lord to welcome the Israelites from Egypt, they didn't even want to meet them with any bread or water on their way. And they even wanted to curse the Israelites and they used Balaam. But I have to say this. To, However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you. Am I talking to somebody here? Because the Lord your God loves you. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them as long as they live. I mean, we're talking about 10 generations. They weren't even allowed in the assembly with the Israelites, the people of God. That's a thousand years. A thousand years. Now, I want to say this. The book of Ruth is written in Naomi's point of view. Naomi actually means grace of God and represents the human soul sweet. In fact, every event that is related, it goes back to what Naomi thinks. Here is Emelech, her husband, who dies. The two sons they have when they go to Moab, they marry two Moabite women, one Opah and the other one Ruth. They die. In fact, this whole situation is such that Naomi actually changes her name to Mara which means bitter. She's going to go ahead and eventually have Ruth meet Boaz. And we, I wish I had the time to talk about that. But Boaz is the kingsman, a keeper. And I have to tell you, the kingsman member, excuse me, this is a story of salvation of Jesus Christ, Ruth is. The scripture of Ruth gives us God through the eyes of a woman. Do we have any women in the house tonight? You see, oh, that's right. One person, that's great. But you see, Jesus shows both his plan and his purpose to us in the story. This story stands as a ray of light showing the power of love between God and his faithful people. See, Ruth is a heroine. Ruth is a normal, ordinary person who does extraordinary things. I hope I'm talking to somebody here because Ruth is an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. God uses people just like each and every one of us, and we have to admire her for her achievements. So are you ready? Can someone say ready? ready. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? ready? Would you just tell them they're ready? Let's go ahead and read the book of Ruth. 
Ruth 1, chapter, verses 8 through 19. If you would all please stand, if you can, in reverence to the word of the Lord. All right, word of God coming on the screen. Here we go. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness, kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they broke down and wept. No, they said, we're talking about Opar and, and uh, excuse me, Ruth. We want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? See, we're talking about the law right now. See, when your brother dies or the husband dies, there has to be a husband redeemer. So here is Naomi saying to Opar and Ruth, you're going to have to wait decades possibly before you might have a husband. And believe it or not, I don't think I can have another child or two. And here's the Naomi we're talking. No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, I, I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. That's serious. And again they wept together, and Opah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Yeah. That's right, she's talking about Yahweh. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely, Ruth is that saying, if I allow anything but death to separate us. I said this was a story about Jesus. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, 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 which is the city of bread. The entire town was excited on their arrival. It's really Naomi, the woman asked. If I may pray with you now, Father, bless your word. Open our hearts to hear in Jesus' name. You now may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Here is Naomi who calls herself Mara. She's bitter. I don't know about you, but most mornings we get up and we look in the mirror. Now, I am Naomi at this point. But we look in the mirror, and, I, and there are times, now, you might be here externally, but internally. Naomi's looking in the mirror, and she 
feels because she has stuff. She feels dejected, devastated, depressed, disbelief. In fact, when she returns with Ruth to Bethlehem, her image is I'm doomed. I'm doomed. In fact, if we go to verse 13, because you see, her husband's dead, her children died 10 years later, now she's going back to Bethlehem where she feels that's her sanctuary. And in verse 13, would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. These are far more bitter for me than you, because for the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Can you imagine how Naomi felt at that time? I don't know if you have ever felt lost, humiliated, but here is Naomi that feels the Lord's fist has truly been raised against her. She still knows Jehovah Jireh, our Lord provider, but she is in a place, Lord, why are you against me? Why have you forsaken me? God, I'm a woman who loves you, Lord. I went with my husband, Emelech, when we had a famine to Moab. And, and I can't even imagine what Moab must be thinking. Because you know the history. He knew the history because he believes when God guides, he provides. And I have to say, Emelech is going to Moab because he knew Abram. Abram, because of a famine, went to Egypt. He knew that in Genesis 12.10. He sojourns there. He knows God protects Sarai. He knows that. And he knows that when Abram Abram, excuse me, uh, returns back to Israel. He turns with a lot of Pharaoh's wealth. He gets that. He read the history. He understands the history. Then you think of Isaac in Genesis 26, 12. Because of a famine, Isaac goes to King Abimelech of the Philistines. He's with his wife, Rebecca. They're protected. They're kept. They're blessed while they're with the Philistines. He sows seed into the ground and comes back a hundredfold with the harvest, a hundredfold. When Jesus talks about a hundredfold, that's great. He comes back with abundance. In Genesis 41, 50, Jacob goes down with his sons because of famine. There's a history here. Now granted, the descendants are enslaved, but when they come out, they're enriched, and they have the riches when they plunder the Egyptians. So why not go to Moab? And here is Naomi, whose faith is starting to cave. It's imploding. Sometimes you hit a place where you just don't want 
anyone around you. Is that right? Can I get an amen? I don't know about you, but I got to tell you, last night I felt like that. That's my wife. You see, this is a very serious scripture here because she's come to a place exhausted. In fact, Naomi changes her name, as I said, tomorrow, which means bitterness. And here we are looking in the mirror now. But this I have to say, God is in the house today. God always comes home. I have to say this. If somebody asks, where do you live? They're going to point to your house. Guess what? When they point here, they're pointing to God's house. Yes. So we know God is here. It's not conditional. It's guaranteed. So today, we want to be able to lift up your faith today. I want to be able to teach for a few moments today on my subject, pull out all stops. Got faith. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, it takes faith to pull out all stops. I don't know, but I have to say this. Are there any opers in the house because your pride is killing you? Can you imagine not going to God and asking God for help because you can do it on your own? If you want to overcome fear, and you just heard Ray, Sister Ray, talk about it, you've got to have faith. Somebody shout out faith. You see, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things. You already read it. <laughs> Eleven. That's my place I'm at right now. I don't know why I said that, I just did. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything, but it was just a moment. I'm in a moment right now. <laughs> Romans 12:3 in the New Living. <laughs> New Living Translation. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me and you, I give each of you this warning. Listen up, please. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by faith that God has given each and every one of us. You see, we all have different destinies. When we're in the world, uh, you don't even know who's here today. You can't even see what's in front of you or behind you or around you. You're looking in the world. You see, when you, I'm talking about sanctification here. When you are in the world and you're like this, because you're carrying the weight, but when you get to turn to heaven, you're still in the position of sanctification because the weight's still on you. But now you're saved. But as you progress in sanctification, you're now lifting up and looking up. That's justification. Glory to God. Sanctification is by walking in faith. Glorification is when you're raptured by Jesus. Salvation doesn't mean you float through life. Salvation does not mean you float through life. 
You see, in the visible kingdom, like I said before, you don't realize who's out there right now. The world's currency, oh, you missed it. You have no idea who's right now there with you. You can't see them. The world's currency, currency is money. The kingdom's currency is faith. Faith works in the world you cannot see. Faith allows what's going on in the world to be manifested. By faith is what you manifest in this world. Matthew 14, 3. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You so, you have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? You see, faith again comes in different degrees. Like I said, all of us don't have the same destinies. Our destinies don't cost the same. So today I want to talk about three ways to increase your faith. Will that be all right? Yes. I appreciate that because you see, now go ahead and tell your neighbor, I'm working for faith. I'm working on faith. Go ahead. I'm working on faith. Oh, come on. Cha-ching! That's the currency. I'm working on faith. Cha-ching! Thank you. Oh, my God. The first is compassion. Second, Second Thessalonians 1, verse 3. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith, here it comes, your faith is flourishing and your love, your love for one another is growing. Can we go back to verse 8 in Ruth? But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and me. That is the theme of Ruth. In Hebrew, it's hesed. Hesed. There it is, H-E-S-E-D. That's the Hebrew word for kindness, or loving kindness, or covenant faithfulness. You see, love overflows. Love overflows. Hesed truly expresses both God's loyalty to his covenant and his love for his people, along with the faithfulness to keep his promise. Faith is the embodiment of hesed. Uh, you, 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 need an, you, you need for me to give you some explanation here. Okay. Let's go to the world. There's somebody in your life that seems to rub you the wrong way. That person gets on your very last nerve. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes you get a little hostile. You might want to take that person out. <laughs> I'm not saying I would do that. I don't have that in me, of course. No, of course. But that person, every day, as soon as you see that person, they immediately, <clears throat> and you want to just say, but you know what? The one thing that I've learned this, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. You don't have to plan how to take that person out. Amen. 
All you have to do is love that person. Love that person. Because you see, God uses your enemies for you to prosper and overflow with kindness and compassion. Can we say compassion? Faith! Yes. So the first one is compassion. The second one is communication. Jeremiah 33.3. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Now if we go to verse 16 in Ruth, in fact, we'll start at 15 here. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to the people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, Ruth replied, she talked. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. You see, right now what we're talking about here is God poured faith into Ruth's heart. And this is what's amazing. Without God's promises, she was listening to Naomi. Hello? Nothing would separate her, not even death. You see, a good communicator first is eager to meet our God, Yahweh. Do not be fearful about rejection. It's an attitude of service. I wish I really had the time to talk about Boaz and Boaz Fields when Ruth is getting on her knees and take, picking up the scraps I mean, she spent, one day she's picked up two weeks of food. This was a hard worker. She was doing this for herself and Naomi. Loving kindness, hasad, compassion, and communication. She had concern for others. She was eager to meet new people. In fact, I'm going to give you a formula with God. See, my subject, as you know, is pull out all stops. My formula for success is this. The paragon, paragon excuse me, of perseverance is determination. Determination because she had resilience and hard working with passion of enduring. I'll say it again. Paragon of perseverance, determination is resilient and hardworking with a passion is enduring. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how bright you are. But if you're not willing to work at it with a determination to be resilient and have passion, you're going to be exactly where you started and be frustrated as well. Ruth trusts God. I could say it another way, ride or die. Ride or die. Somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about? Okay. I got your back. No matter what, I got your back. Where you go, I'm going to be there. If someone takes you on, I got your back. Ride or die. You see, because I'm pulling out all the stops. 
First, compassion. Second, communication. Third, company. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works. I'm teaching here better to see you than you can imagine, class. I mean, here it is again. Not asking, not forsaking the, excuse me, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as ye see the day approaching. You see, we're talking about the earning power in the invisible world. Somebody can use someone else's faith right back at you, can't they? You see, they both left together on the journey back to Bethlehem. All right, I got some Bible for you if that's what you need. If you need to see the picture of it, about using somebody else's faith. Here's this paralyzed man on a mat. He's just lying there while everybody's going into the room with Jesus. These four friends take a ropes and tie it to the sides and climb up. I don't know about you, but this takes a lot of determination, and this is resilience. But they're going ahead with their faith, climbing up the wall, using a ladder, I would hope. They get on top of the roof and start tearing away the shingles because they can't get in the door because of the overflow that's within the assembly with Jesus. They can't get in the door. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't think it would be squirrels doing that. But they're tearing the roof apart. And there's a hole in the roof. I don't know whose house that was, but they would be, somebody would be a little bit upset. Take your mind off of Jesus, I guess, for the moment. And they lower the man down. And what happens is, Jesus turns to the helpless man lying on there and before him, and he says, Arise, take up your bed, and return to your house. And the stiffness departed, and he was healed. Is there anybody who doesn't know Jesus today? Because if you don't know Jesus, at least go to the person next to you with their faith, touch that person, and guess what? Pray for that person, because there will be a healing today, right now, with their faith. Because when two or three are gathered in his name... Oh, I feel that power now. Whew. You see, we started off with a little faith. Naomi did. And then we talked about how to get great, strong faith that was in weak. So now... When we have great faith and strong faith and we look in the mirror, oh, what do we see? Not only do we see people, but we see beyond the building. 
We see beyond miles and generations because we're pulling out all the stuff because we have that currency. Cha-ching! Faith! Somebody shout out faith! Oh! Hallelujah. See, I didn't tell you about... Oh, my God. I am just so excited right now. I got, I got to compose myself. <laughs> but I didn't get into Amalek. I talked about that he knew the history. But what happened to Amalek? He was writing his own script for God. He figured God's script for him. But you see, unfortunately, here he's doing this, and he figures he's going to be delivered. Just like Abram, just like Isaac and Jacob. But he's writing his own script. He didn't have the blueprint, nor do we ever have the blueprint in the process. But what happens is we set ourselves up to be bitter and resentful. But God did not betray us. God's faithfulness in the past, you'll learn from that. One of the things you should have learned is that God surprises you. The outcome is never expected what you thought would happen. Here you are today sitting here, and I guarantee you, three, five, ten years ago, you weren't in the same position or same place. I remember when I didn't have a car, and I had a hitchhike. Uh, nobody knew this that way yet. You didn't have that. But I had a hitchhike. I didn't even have a job. And guess what? I applied for a job to actually lift stuff at a, like a, whatever they call that place, uh, where they sell pharmacy, a pharmacy. <laughs> I don't know. But they wouldn't hire me because I didn't have a resume to lift items in a pharmacy, boxes. I didn't even get hired. What's going on with that? I mean, really? Really? So, this I know. God is always faithful to keep His word and keep His promises. I do know that. You will know in your trials and in your hardship, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who called according to His purpose. You know this will happen. And the second thing, God always surprises us when it comes to delivering us. He makes it happen when we didn't expect it. It's a story after story after story about pointing to Christ. And in fact, God is so close to us right now in this house and the spirit within us. God is living in you right now. The story of Ruth, by the way, if you don't know the real ending, Ruth marries Boaz. Boaz begets Obed. Obed begets Jesse. Jesse begets David. And if you go a lot more generations, you're going to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who is writing the book but God? Oh my God. Now, I have to just say this. This is your time. Do you have faith? Do you have the faith to believe that God died on the cross for us that rose from the dead, he conquered the grave, conquered fear, conquered, oh my gosh, he conquered hell. The blood is real. My God. 
Do you remember who made us, empowers us, can do anything? There is not one thing in our lives, no challenge, no problem, no heartache, over you cannot speak the name of Jesus. You will always see victory. God saves. It's about our Savior. So, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, it's about our Savior. Because if you desire today to accept Christ as your Savior, rededicate your life to Christ or become part of the church family. So if you accept the Lord as your Savior, rededicate your life to Christ. Right now, I want you to make a decision to stop living your life, my life, my own way, and begin living it God's way. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me to pay the price for my sin and to set me free from it so I can live forever. Now, if you open your mouth and just say, God, please, would you forgive me for all my sins? Come into my life and give me a brand new start and hope for the hope for the future. Today I receive you, Jesus, and as, as my Lord and Savior, and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, Today you have a now a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on now, give the Lord a hand, would you please? <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to now have communion. And as our ushers go ahead and serve the elements, You know, it's interesting, but at the time, at the Passover celebration, and here is Jesus now leaving, and there is his enemy who takes him, and he knows this is going to happen. He sells him for 30 pieces of silver, and he walks up to Judas and he says, friend, And he says, friend, part of the story, this is what I love the most. He refers to him as friend in spite of all he's done to him. So no matter what you have done, Jesus will always respond to you. So you don't have to be scared at this moment. Please, if you come and go ahead.
On the night before Jesus was crucified, during the Last Supper, a Passover celebration, Jesus took a loaf of bread and gave thanks to God. As he broke it and gave it to his disciples, he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, please. Thank you, Lord. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is my cup, is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I believe God is going to do extraordinary things in our life, not just today, but the entire week. Now tell your neighbor we're going to stay focused. We're going to stay focused. We're going to leave here. Come on now. I dare you to find a praise partner because we're going to go out here praising the Lord's name. Can you give God glory? Hallelujah.